With LA Night Jam for 2022 just barely hours away, we get to talk to the Masters Men's Jump Champion and the current World Overall Champion. It is Joel Poland. He's from Great Britain. And the podcast episode will begin right after this. The expressed views of the guests on this podcast are theirs alone and not necessarily endorsed by the host, TWBC, or any associated sponsor. Conversations that are robust yet balanced. On point and to the point. You're listening to The Talk of Tournament Water Skiing. This is the TWBC Podcast. And now, here's your host, Tony Lightfoot. Well, greetings one and all, and welcome to this uh, very special edition of the TWBC Podcast. Special because the interviewee uh, that we have for this podcast uh, recently uh, came through with the win in the uh, the Masters uh, uh, competition in the Men's Jump event, uh, beating out the likes of Freddy Krueger and uh, Ryan Dodd and and the like to uh, to take uh, take the win. Uh, notwithstanding the fact that he is a medalist in the jump event in the World Championships and the World Overall Champion himself, it is none other than Joel Poland. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well, Tony. How are you doing? Not too bad, not too bad. Life must be pretty good right now for you. Yeah, life's been going pretty well. Can't good. complain. Good, good. All right then. So, uh, uh, let, let me let me get let me clue our uh, our listeners into the situation that we have right now. We're here we're here at Tri Lakes. You know, out in the out in the scorching heat is like about ninety five degrees. The water is about the same same temperature. It's a real pea super out there. And uh, and Joel has actually just come off the water, and he's got him got his uh, foot, his right foot immersed in an ice bucket. So, with any luck, depending upon how long this interview goes on for, he might be hobbling along, 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 along a little bit. So, but why do you have to? Why do you have to have a foot in the bucket anyway? Oh, I'm just nursing a small injury. It's it's nothing too big, but I figure if I'm doing a lot of jumps this weekend. Let's take care of it best I can on day one. <laughs> yep. So yes, some of that ice, that compression, and, yep. uh, and, all, and all that good stuff uh, to uh, to try and uh, lessen the uh, the painful uh, extent of that injury. So uh, a little little bit of an injury, did you say? Just a sprain or something like that? Just um, no, I just banged up my foot a while ago. It was actually surfing. <laughs> of all things. Of all things. And uh, yeah, just a silly little injury. It's not too big a deal i mean it will it will fix itself pretty quick i'm still young in good shape all right so all right then so what is the what has the last few months been been like uh, for you because i mean you won the world overall championship in september you know and uh and you hadn't had skied too much in tournaments uh since uh, at least not at the tail end of the, of the season maybe the mastercraft pro and what have you but uh uh what's What's it? What's it been like? You know, with, with you holding uh, one of the most prestigious of water ski titles, uh, being the best all-round skier in the world. You know, looking at it now, it's incredible. I mean, it's a dream that I've had since I was a kid. After the worlds, I was a broken man. I was like completely destroyed. My body was given up on me. Like mentally, I was just done with skiing. And uh, it was quite nice at the end of the season. I took like the longest break I think I've ever taken off skiing. I took or without being injured took like seven six or seven weeks off went to england and just had a good time Mm -hmm. enjoyed the things outside of skiing and it was really good for me because after a week i was so bored and i wanted to ski again (laughs) (laughs) and then since then i mean the decision was made that this is what i want to do and this is what i'm going to keep doing for the next however many years i can keep doing it for 
Okay, okay, that's okay. That sounds pretty good. Every everyone needs a little rest and a and a, and a break away from the sport, uh, you know, for uh, for a little while. But uh, then then came the start of the new year, and uh, and and things, uh, you know, you, you needed to get prepared uh, for the season to come. How's that? How how's that at that uh, that juncture? I had a good start to the season. I came back. And I went to Florida for basically a holiday with my family. We skied a little bit, but it was just just light. Very stuff. relaxed. I don't think I went. I don't even know if I put my jump skis on. Just having fun on the water. And I remember I had a set actually in the boat. And I was skiing with Matt and my dad. And I don't think Matt told me a single thing that set. It was just me, him, and my dad just skiing, chatting the smack, having a good time. Like and it just it clicked for me. Like this is. This is exactly where I want to be. This is exactly what I want to do, and this is how I want to do it. I want to enjoy it, skiing and having fun with it. I don't want to be that serious guy that I was going into worlds. I was mm. super serious. I was so focused, and that's not me. I'm a fun guy. I like having fun. So that set, it clicked for me. And then since then, pretty much every set I've had this year has been about going out and having fun and enjoying it. And my skiing's just skyrocketing. Like since having that outlook on skiing. It's really taken over, like, and I'm just skiing so much better because I love it now. Yeah, I've noticed that a little bit uh, uh, from from the start of this season, and 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 especially and especially at the Masters, you know, because uh, I mean, a couple of things uh, stood out for me at the Masters. One, uh, your side slide. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Two, skiing into the skiing into the bank and uh, uh, and getting mobbed. By, by 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 the people along the shore side you didn't bother skiing to the dock at that point <laughs> and and then and then that uh, that run that trick run where you where you pulled off a ski line 7 and you kind of kind of took your time to recover from that one but <laughs> uh, but i mean that that was a, that was some some really fun moments at that tournament over at Galloway Gardens yeah no in that tournament i know it sounds a little cheesy but i really feel like i found a piece of myself at that tournament because I just enjoyed it and I had fun and it proved to me that everything I've been working on the four or five months leading up to it of having fun every set and I went out and skied I mean I broke 12,000 points for the first time I won my first pro title and I had so much fun doing it at the end of that jump set whether I'd won or lost I was so content with how I'd skied I had so much fun out there it's like the most fun I've ever had on jump skis so coming in I was completely content win or lose I was happy with how I'd skied and it worked out and i it really affirmed that with me that having fun out on the water that is what it's about yeah because i mean i see a lot of skiers you know go real really full-on serious about it i mean as, as as you pointed out i mean every set they take has got to count you know i mean yeah. i mean every you know every move they make you know they have the coach in the boat you know watching the watching over them that kind that kind of stuff yeah you know and works for some people doesn't quite work work so well for others you know what i mean oh it's it definitely works i mean i can see why going out every set and being super focused can be really beneficial i mean i am like that in a lot of ways but at the end of the day if you do that every single day for a year you just become like a zombie like you stop having fun and like you gotta enjoy each day as it comes and make most of it and i find the best way for me to do that at least is I'm serious, I do my warm-up, I get into the zone, but when I'm warming up, I'm dancing and skipping what? and like playing around and feeling kind of free. It sounds like you took a play out, play out of the Jaramillo's book uh, to a certain yeah, extent. Yeah, seriously, you know? those guys are great. If you ever see them on the dock, they're having a good time, and both of them 
are incredible skiers, and I think there's a lot of reasoning behind that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. So you won your first pro title uh, of the Masters with, uh, with, with an absolutely huge jump there in the, in the finals. What, remind me what the distance was again? 218. 218. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so... Now, now you know you've you've you can put something out there, you know, with well, with with uh, I don't know, I, I, whether it be call it a distraction, call it a little bit of a loose focus, you know. Now, now you know you can put one out there uh, under the under that kind of circumstance. Uh, are you kind of giddy at the prospect of maybe punching it out over two twenty five or something like that, or getting closer to seventy meters? You know, my my overall goal in jump is obviously to break the world record i mean i think anyone who considers himself to be a pro jump skier that's their ultimate goal but to get there i've got to go 220 and then i've got to go 225 and then i've got to go 230 and if you focus on the numbers too much you're going to get stuck at one of them Mm -hmm. if you're working on the technique and what feels right and getting the good feeling for it like if you're continuously building on your technique versus trying to chase a big score the score is going to come Mm-hmm. you got to have your eye on it. you got to know where the goal is, which for me is trying to break that world record. And it doesn't look like it's in sight at the moment, but I'm doing everything I can to go in that direction by just trying to go a little bit further each jump, a couple centimetres each jump. And if you keep doing that over time, it adds up. Okay, so what has it been like to work with, with Matt Reaney over, over these last, last few seasons, and I mean especially this season coming up? Uh, what they're wearing right now well Matt's always been kind of like another dad to me he's always I've I've got a few dads essentially throughout the world of coaches and you know friends of family and stuff but he's always been kind of like the second dad to me and this year particularly he has really taken me under his wing and he's really been investing a lot of time with me and I've noticed outside of that he's become like more focused on skiing like it's like over the winter he got better at coaching as well like he went away he stepped up his game he studied water skiing and he's come back and he's just been able to like help everyone like everyone at Matt's right now is skiing really well he's just leveled up his coaching I don't really know how to explain it except he has a better understanding and he can communicate with us so well now Mm -hmm. and that's been that's a huge part of my success at Masters is we're on the same page in prior years, I think me and Matt have been on similar pages, but I've never really fully under. We've got a boat coming past. Oh, that, that that's fine. <laughs> I love the ambient noise. Yeah, it's great. Got birds around here too. Yeah, but um, what was I saying about Matt Reaney? About Matt Reaney. Oh, there's a lot to say about Matt Reaney. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we've but, got all day. Um, yeah, where was that? It's about how he's leveled up as a coach and how yeah. he's, how he's uh, progressed over the... In previous years, he's understood exactly what he wanted us to do. We've not always understood it. We've got pieces of the puzzle and we're trying to get it together. And he definitely communicates well what he's trying to get us to say. And I'm wondering if maybe it's just where I've got to in my career. He's gone, all right, here's all the knowledge now instead of giving me piece by piece. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what you're doing now. You're ready for it. But, yeah, he's just been leveling up his coaching like daily like every day he puts in as much work or if not more than i do and Hmm. i put in a lot of work i can tell i can tell and 
being an overall competitor, obviously the whole the hallmark of what you do uh, so far as an overall competitor is got to be the tricks event, you know. Because I mean, if you're not not consistent and not scoring high enough points in tricks, I mean, I don't know who you are, but your overall your overall is going to suffer. Yeah. And tricks seems to be the event that that you are known more for out of all, all three of the events with yeah. respect uh, i mean even taking into account that you're the masters jump champion everyone still figure figures you and puts you in that little bit of a pigeonhole as being that guy who who, who tricks well and has all of all of these great tiktok movies and, yeah and and, and, and twitter fi- and uh, twitter reels you know i'm the instagram tricker <laughs> yeah the instagram tricker there you go i mean how do you how do you feel that feel about that I mean, is that something that you're comfortable with, given the effort that you've, that you've put in to be, become a better jumper and a, and, a, and a better slalomer too? Oh, I'm completely fine with it. I mean, trick is the one I guess I can express myself the most, and it's more free. You're not restricted to hitting a jump ramp and going around six boys every time. You've got a lot of freedom to make it your own. And I do it on a slalom ski, and I do it on jump skis. I make it my own, but for trick, like... I can really be myself on a trick ski and kind of express how I feel. People say it when they come to ski school, actually. Uh, ugh, ski school, actually. Mm-hmm. They hop in the boat and they're like, oh, he doesn't just do this for Instagram. Like, all the stuff you see on Instagram, I'm doing that every set. That's just how I ski. Um, I definitely get distracted. Sometimes Matt's got to be like, okay, look, we've got a tournament coming up. Let's do some trick runs. You need to stop working on that stupid, crazy trick you're trying to do. Okay. But... I mean, I'm completely fine with people looking at me and thinking that I'm the crazy tricker on Instagram. Like, I'm having a good time doing it. I'm not too worried. All right, then. So, uh, talk, talking about working on some on some newer tricks and that kind of stuff, uh, What what is potentially in the future for you? I mean, we saw you do the, uh, the Ski Line 7 uh, towards the end of your run at the Masters, you know, that you, the barely, barely recovered from. But, I mean... You must have some other tricks in your bag that you're working on, or are you keeping that a closely guarded yeah, secret? Yeah, I got a few tricks I'm working on, but if I told you, I'd, I'd have to kill you. <laughs> You'll see; they'll be coming out soon. I mean, I'm always working on putting new tricks in the run, so keep your eyes open. There'll be something. Come on, ju- just just humor me here. Is is there is there one that you're particularly work working on? I've got some bigger flips bigger ones i've got some bigger flips i'll tell you that much i won't tell you which but i've got a few bigger flips in my in my back pocket are, are we are we seeing a big enough flip that could be a thousand points oh that's down to iwwf i mean i know they gotta approve some stuff that that one's not out there yet but um a hundred percent at some point we're gonna see a trick over a thousand points could it be a double a double flip I messed around with double flips for a little while. I don't know if it's something I would ever really put in a run. I haven't landed it. I don't know if it's something I'd put in the run. Because normally I like to do it off a double up. But never say never. I mean, it's 100% possible. I don't see why it couldn't go in a run except for... The high risk that it... I can't do it yet. Yeah, certainly. So, uh, let's talk a little bit about slalom, because you, you were just a smidgen away from making it through to the slalom final last year at the World Championships. You got three at 41. Yeah. It, it, it needed it needed four and a runoff for the likes of Dane Meckler to yeah. make it through. So, I mean, so how, how, how much time do you, do you dedicate to slalom compared to 
uh, tricks and jump these days, or is it, or is it something that I, I'd say slalom is probably the one that's been on my mind the most since um, since Worlds last year because it was the one that let me down. I felt like I really wanted to make the finals and have like a good contention in every event to at least make a podium. Like I wanted that possibility to exist, and by not making slalom final, like. There's no chance, you know, mm-hmm. and I think the score ended up at three at forty-one. Yeah, and it I was. think any slalomer who can run ten-seven goes, oh, I can get three at forty-one. So of course I was kicking myself. Whether I could on the day, I don't know, but slalom has been a big focus this year. I'm really looking forward actually to the next few slalom tournaments. We got one in Spain at Botas. Mm-hmm. You're in. You're, you're in. Uh, a, f- a first opportunity to to requalify yourself into into the Masters yeah, in slalom. I didn't think about that. Uh, mm-hmm. I just want to go out and slalom. Well, I I had a slalom tournament at Swiss at the start of this year, mm-hmm. and it went well. I slalomed well. I mean, I ran or I ran ten seven two rounds, but I went inside two on the first round, so it doesn't quite count. But I still ran ten and got round all six except for two in round one just i guess mm-hmm. which i was kicking myself for that but um yeah i'm looking forward to like some good redemption this year and see if everything i've been working on is paying off if i'm going in the right direction indeed indeed uh let's go let's go back a little bit yep. uh last season world championships obviously after 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 the uh the initial rounds you got the you got three at ten to five you tricked uh, i think think you tricked around about eleven eleven thousand something around about that range in prelims i tricked eleven six in 11, finals six. everyone felt like flies it including was just, me it was just like a, a tale of attrition wasn't it yeah. and and dorian was the one who who came out on top despite all of that which is so cool because me and Doran, we both got our first world championship title in the same world. And I think that's so cool. Like, I mean, obviously I know he wanted the overall, but I think it's really cool. Like, I finished second in jump and first in overall. He finished first in trick and second in overall. So, like, we have the same medal count. I thought that was, like, that was really cool for us. And, and I mean, despite all of that, you know, when it came down to the jump finals, uh, Dorian needed a 72 meter jump yeah. uh, to take the win. I mean, you, you, you'd just come off the water. You'd post out distance that required him to jump a little bit further compared to the preliminaries. Were you honestly sweating bullets at that point? You oh, know, I, was, be- I was sweating my nut off. That was horrible. That was some of the worst 10 minutes of my life just waiting for it. Yeah, with Freddie Winter about about two feet away somewhere. Yeah, and I'm just standing there watching it, and all I can think is like, oh, I pray to God this is enough, but it really didn't feel like it. I mean, there was a nice little headwind coming around, and it's, I mean, it's a big jump. Then in the prelims, I mean, I think he went 70, didn't he? He went 70.3. Yeah, so, yeah and, and this target was uh, was uh, was actually increased to 72 metres. Yeah. And... It, and and I mean, I, I put it, I put it out there as so I was announcing the time that that had you had he jumped seventy one point nine, it would have been a dead heat. Yeah, yeah, it was. I, I wasn't even thinking about tying. I was thinking, please be enough, you know. But and in the end, it was. And <laughs> can't even explain that moment to you. I mean, it was a lot of work going into that tournament. But yeah, that was ten minutes of hell. <laughs> <laughs> and it, and you certainly came through and uh, and i mean you won the world overall title the first world overall title for yeah. a british british athlete since the likes of mike hazelwood i know that's cool isn't it yeah yeah bearing in mind i grew up as well skiing with his nephew rob mm-hmm. i mean me and him we've been great friends and 
pretty much he was my biggest competitor growing up like I owe a lot of my skiing to Rob growing up he was pushing me so hard I mean he was always like right on each other's tails I would beat him he would beat me so it's it's kind of cool that we're in the same era isn't it yes indeed and Rob Hayes would I mean he's he's, he's skiing lights out in in, yeah. the, in slalom events right now he's going to be at the world games uh, in a few weeks are you, are you in that tournament as well or I'm not, not in the world games I was signed up I was so excited to go and I have a wedding it's my cousin's wedding ah. right right on the same time so I'm like oh, it's not going to work out well, there which you- is annoying I've never been to a world games I've heard it's such an amazing event well, you just have to wait another four years yeah. uh, because the next World Games after Birmingham is going to be in China. Is it? Yeah, yeah, oh. 20th in Chengdu. That sounds exciting. I've never been to China. Mm, okay. Well, obviously you're going to uh, obviously you're going to uh, try for those. But life in England as as it as it changed for you since gaining the world overall title. You know, and with the uh, with the significance that 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 has. Um. I've not been home too much. I mean, I went home for those six, seven weeks. You could have at least gotten on the one show, surely. <laughs> no, nah, in terms of... Oh, I think I might be on BBC, actually, next time I go home. I'm, oh, doing, cool. a, I'm doing a piece the Wednesday I get back. Oh, which wow. Which will be kind of cool. But, um, yeah, in terms of with everyone I know back in England, I see them and they pretty much treat me the exact same, which is exactly how I'd want it. I wouldn't want it any other way. I mean still just one of the boys and having a good time they're all pretty friendly with it and they give me a lot of shit really honestly well there you go i mean i mean you, you it would almost seem to me that you cut you that you come across uh, a little bit like the james hunt of water skiing a little bit you know <laughs> you know you know ready ready to have fun at the drop of a hat you know yeah to a point i mean in my younger years definitely and now i've got a little bit older i mean in terms of like drinking Oh, I, like I like having a beer and looking over the lake, or like an airport beer. That's my favourite beer. Mm. But day to day, I know that if I drink tomorrow, I'm going to feel like absolute ass, and <laughs> it's really like put me off drinking. Like I'm not massive into going on late nights out anymore. I mean, you know, when you go home, you see your mates, you go down to the pub and have a couple. But yeah, I've definitely matured in that going sense of my the, life. Going down to the dog and duck or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, what's ours called? The Black Swan. Oh, okay. The Black Swan. Or if you go up north to the railway. Oh, yeah. You've always got to stop into the railway if you're at Hazelwoods. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a, it's a nice little watering hole uh, yeah. just uh, around Thorpe on the Hill. But uh, this season, I mean, you, I mean, we're here at LA Night Jam. You're obviously wanting to try and uh, try and put yourself in the in the top five, you know, avoid avoid having to go into the second round repechage to... Uh, uh, to to be a part of the uh, the nighttime event, how how many actual nighttime jump events have you been involved in? Because I I didn't I don't think you were at King of Darkness last season. No, I don't think I've ever done a King of Darkness at night. I did it when I was a junior, and we jump in the day or like at dusk, so it's kind of dark. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done one Malibu Open night jump. I think I've done three Moomba night jumps. So I'm I'm kind of used to it. I remember at Malibu I didn't jump very well. It was one of my first night jumps. But at Moomba I always seem to jump pretty well in the dark. But again, at Moomba there's a huge crowd and I always seem to ski better when there's a really big crowd. 
Well, we well we got a we're going to have a fairly big crowd uh, here in, uh, yep. in 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 Zachary. So uh, so there's plenty of opportunity for you there. Yep. And and I mean after uh, LA Night Jam, what does your schedule look like? I, uh, aside aside from the cousin's wedding. Yeah. Which, aside from the cousin's wedding. Which, of course, which, he has which to will, get married, which, huh? Yeah, which will forgive him for scheduling in the middle we'll of the summer. Off. It's meant to be quite a nice wedding. Bunch mm-hmm. of rugby players, so it should be a bit carnage. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I'm heading back to Florida for like two, three days, I think till Wednesday. Fly out here on the Sunday. So I'll be back in Florida Monday, Tuesday, probably ski Wednesday. And then I go straight to Spain, which is going to be great. I'm going to see my mum for the first time in like six months. Uh, she's meeting me out there. And then I ski at Botas, that's Trick, and Slalom. I think I get four or five days back home. And then I head out to France. I'm training there for a week for an overall and Slalom tournament. Yeah, for that one in Lackenau, right? Yeah, the one in Lackenau. Right right now, Red Bull's got a four-stop overall tour going on, which Mm. I'm really excited about. I mean, it's Mm. awesome that we've got some, some overall events and we've got Red Bull behind it as well, which is, like, so good for our sport. Oh, absolutely. So um, I'm going out there a few days early, get a bit of training in. Then after that, I head home, head to the wedding. And then the next overall event is in Canada. And right before, I've got my favorite event of the year, Herb's Cup. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, because, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, let, let's not forget you ski for Radar, of course. Yep. You know, So, uh, uh, I mean, what has their support been like uh, for, for your skiing uh, up until now? Radar? Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, I've always kind of been a radar kid. Matt's a radar guy, and he works with radar. So when I started skiing with him, he got me on a radar pretty quick. And they've always been, like, really supportive of me. And over the last, I'd say, four years, like, I got to know everyone on the team. And in in radar, it's not about your skiing ability. It's about how you are as a person. They're all about the lifestyle. Got another boat passing. (laughs) No worries, just keep talking. They're all about the lifestyle kind of thing. So we go to the Radar shoot, so we go to Herb's Cup, and the reason that I love those shoots and I, I love Herb's Cup is because everyone that goes there is like-minded. They're all there having a good time. They're not sitting there super serious and can't kind of relax around. They're having a really good time, and I love it. Like, that's what Radar is for me. Like, they're more than just, like, skis. They're kind of like a, a way of life, in a sense. And I think they're perfect for me in that way. How much input do you have on their ski design? You know, I mean, because uh, um, I mean, their, their, their slalom ski uh, is primarily designed by Chris Rossi, right? Yeah. So Rossi does. He understands how to build the ski, um, and he's like a genius of all that stuff. I mean, I was picking his brain. I only really met him for the first time properly um, earlier this year at the radar shoot, and I was picking his brain a bunch. And like, the dude's a bloody wizard with skis. Like, he just understands them on a different level. I can't even comprehend it. Um, I'm more of the guinea pig in a sense. I mean, we got they got a few guinea pigs. I'm one of the guinea pigs. I just kind of relate the information to Matt. And then he translates what I'm saying <laughs> and gives it to Rossi. And then Rossi sends us a new ski. But I wouldn't say that I'm, like, lead design or anything like that. I'm still a guinea pig, and I'm completely fine with it because I don't have to know what the ski's doing. I just have to tell them, this is what it feels like, and maybe it could do a little more of this, and why I just kind of translate it to Why that. overstress yourself with thinking, right? Exactly. I don't, need, I don't need to worry about what the ski's doing too much. It seems to do the right thing for me. I love it. I mean, we've been putting a lot... This year, for me at least, I've been putting a lot of work in as well on 
on skis and you can it, it's interesting to me how skis can affect skiing so much and how if you get the wrong ski it just doesn't quite line up like mm-hmm. you start having to change your technique it might feel good but it's not doing what you want it to do even though you make changes to the fin and all that kind of stuff yeah i mean i don't touch that fin you don't you don't you, you don't touch your fin settings at all oh no i've done it a couple of times and like i forget to screw it in properly and then it's like moving around during my set and matt's like all right step away like <laughs> step away from the fin at one point last year i had my binding like half an inch too far forward just because i'm a complete mess with all that stuff i don't i'm good at telling you how it feels i'm not good at doing the whole ski setup that's that's just remarkable to uh, to take on board almost as almost as remarkable as the fact that between slalom and tricks you ski with the opposite foot forward i do what why um i'll be dead honest with you when i started doing it i just didn't know my lefts and rights and i knew i had different feet when i skied but left and right i'm really dyslexic left and right has never been a thing for me even now i have to like put my fingers up in front of my face and do an l and go which one's right and sometimes i don't even know which l's right because i'm dyslexic <laughs> um so yeah it started off just i didn't know any better i was like an eight-year-old kid and i learned to trick on the cable does, does matt have to remind you hey listen you've got your wrong you're, you're tricking now you're you you need to put the other bi- foot in the binding now i'm better I mean, i've got a tattoo on my right foot so i always know which one my right one is <laughs> There so, is, so, uh, yeah i i see it as <laughs> um, so that, that helps me keep track a little better the pineapple one is my trick foot not so much i don't think i put the wrong foot in the binding accidentally for about four or five years but i've done it a lot when i was younger i used to switch feet every set i didn't know which one was which i didn't know which foot forward i was and yeah i mean i think it's good for you though there's a coach who I think he's from Italy. I really need to find out who he is and have a conversation with him because he believes that's the way. He thinks that's the way forward. If you're left foot forward for slalom, it's optimal. And if you're right foot forward for trick... Do, does he work with Matteo a little bit? I think he knows Matteo well. Like I don't Cla- know if he Cla- works. Claudio Benatti? I honestly couldn't tell you his name. I've just heard rumours of this guy and he's probably heard rumours of me. <laughs> Well, if that were if that guy is listening, uh, be sure to reach out. Podcast yeah, at get hold of me. I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Now, now circling back to tricks, uh, you ski on the radar graviton. Have ha, have you had much in the way of design input for that ski, or has it remained un, unchanged since its in, inception for you? Um, again, I'm the guinea pig. They. Uh Matt, because if there was one event where you could potentially have the greatest amount of input, it would be tricks, wouldn't it? Wouldn't, wouldn't you yeah, say? But I have no idea what I want the ski to do. So I ski and I just translate to Matt, and so does Paige. And when Wit used to trick, we would just translate how it felt and what it was doing. And he's got the idea of the concept in his head of what he wants the ski to do. Um, I always find though that the radar, I trick on a forty-one. Most people my size would trick on a forty-three. Yeah. Um, most people on my sides will took on a 55 my issue <laughs> <laughs> my issue in trick is i can do really big tricks but i've never been that quick so over the last few years they've been trying to make the trick ski quicker and they've done a great job at it i mean i've got so much faster i always seem to get my hand run in time now my toe run i'm finally getting in time so they've made the trick ski faster 
I think they made it faster by making it slower. I don't really understand it. Matt just tells me and it goes straight over my head. But yeah, I'm the guinea pig. When it comes to ski design, they just say, hey, try this, tell us how it feels. And I don't tell them if it feels good or bad. I just say, hey, it feels like it's doing... When I lean back, it does this. When I lean forward, it does that. Mm. And then Matt decides whether that's good or bad. And then normally when we get round to the final trick ski, I go trick on it for like five or ten sets. And then I tell him whether I actually like it or not. But we're always... Not so much in the last previous years. We seem to have nailed the trick ski and nobody really wants to change it. But in the beginning stages, I mean, we went through three, four, five different molds. I mean, a bunch of different flexes. They were really messing around with it in the beginning. And now they seem to have got it right. We're just leaving it where it is. Okay, and uh, that that that's, that is the same trick ski length for both your hand and your toe ski, right? Yep, 41 for both. 41 for both, okay. I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend that for your average skier. Like, you should normally be on a 42 or 43. In the beginning of the season when I'm overweight and getting into it, I go on a 42. Okay. When I get good and efficient and I'm getting faster, I go down to the 41. It's definitely harder. Every trick is harder. Mm-hmm. But the ski's got more drag, so I can just go quicker. Yeah, so, I mean, as soon as you plant that thing on the water after a flip... Yeah, it's stuck. I mean, it, it just sticks. Yeah, and it's re- the line's tight. It's ready to go for the next trick. Okay, I, I can, def- I can yeah. definitely uh, sympathize with that. A lot of skiers that go with toe tricks actually have a rubberized edge on their trick ski, but no, yeah. but you... But, like we say you 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 stay with the same trick ski model for both passes yeah i don't know what the rubber edge does honestly but um i had a rubber edge when i was a young kid and pretty quickly i got onto that radar and it's not been too much of an issue for me most of my tricks as well are wake tricks like i think i do like four maybe five surface tricks and then six or maybe even like seven eight nine i don't know how many wake tricks like toe steps toe wake fives toe wake back to backs so i'm in the air most of the time so i actually want a poppy trick ski i'm not too concerned about how quick it spins mm-hmm. but Paige, on the other hand she's on the radar as well she seems to love it she's a pretty quick tricker her spins are really quick as well so all right you mentioned a little bit of uh, Paige right there yeah. and uh, whitney a little bit uh, yeah. earlier on i mean how how much have they helped uh, direct you going forward I mean, growing up, I skied with Paige pretty much every morning. So I'd sit in the boat and I'd watch Paige. And in the beginning, when I first started skiing at Matt's, she was so much better than me. She was tricking like six and a half thousand points. I was tricking like two. Um, So I'm watching her like, oh my God, like I suck. I'm getting beaten by a girl. So that really drove me in the beginning to like get better. And she wasn't doing flips at that point. But I quickly learned flips and started overtaking her just because I'd learned flips. Um, I, I bet, still train with her day bet, to day as well. I bet she feels wonderful having seen that that <laughs> come along. I think it's been good though. Like at the same time, I think the first time she landed her flip, I was in the boat for it. Mm. Yeah, we w- we went out with Matt and her younger sister Meg, and we just went out there for like an hour. She just kept doing flips, kept doing flips, kept doing flips, and we're all in the boat cheering her on. I mean, I think it's been really good for me and Paige growing up skiing with each other because we push each other a little bit and you know you're watching each other in the boat I think anytime you're in the boat watching someone who's a good skier it's good for you and again growing up with Whitney like you were asking about Whit um, she was always like tricking nine grand when I was skiing with Matt she had the run that I was trying to learn to do when I skied with them so or when I first started skiing with them 
so I learned a lot from wit as well, just being in the boat, watching wit ski. I think it's always beneficial to be in the boat watching people ski. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, inspiration comes from a lot of different places, a lot of different sources, you know, so it's a, it's it's good to have that kind of team with you, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, 100%. I mean, I really believe the people you're around have such a big influence in what you do. Like, if you're around the right people, they want to see you grow and they are pushing you in the right ways. I mean, sometimes, you know, you might get on each other's nerves, but they're normally always there pushing you. And if you're around the wrong people, they don't push you, you know? Like, they're not trying to help you grow and become better. And that's the part I love about being at Matt's. Like, I'm always around people who want to see me do well, and they're always pushing me, and they're like-minded. Everyone's got a smile. Everyone's happy. Like, I've been to some ski schools where people are just, like, bummed out, sad. They don't have any energy. They don't want you... They don't really care, mm-hmm. you know? At Matt's... Everyone there cares a lot, and it's great. I love being around that atmosphere. All right. So, uh, before we round off the podcast, I mean, you're the current world overall men's champion and the and the world record holder. Let's not let's not uh, let's not uh, gloss over the fact that on the on route to getting that world overall title, you you actually set the the world uh, the world record. Yeah. The, uh, the World Championship comes around every couple of years. Next year is supposed to be the year for the World Championships, but no one knows where, it, where it's going to be. Do you have any thoughts on where it should be? It should be a good lake. It should be a lake where we can break a world Come record. Come on, let's, let's get into you specifics know? here. I mean, you've been to a number of places around the world. You've been to France. You've been, you're going to France, and you've been there before. You, you've been to Italy and, and those places. and You've even been to Australia, you know. I mean, where do you think it should be? And uh, have you heard any rumblings as where it could be? I have heard no rumblings of where it should be. I haven't put too much thought into where I would want it to be. But what I know is that around the world, we have got so many beautiful ski lakes so many lakes that are capable of breaking world records especially like overall like there are so many great lakes out there it would be a shame if it wasn't on another great lake i mean jacks is at the top end but if we could have anything similar to that world in times of in terms of quality of lake and it only has to be one lake doesn't it yeah i mean if it was on two lakes that would be even more perfect but we just need one lake and it needs to be a nice lake like, enough of this going to Malaysia, and I didn't go to France, but France, like, enough of these sites where it's dangerous, and they're like, oh, there's going to be a big crowd. Like, no, let's put on some good events. I mean, Moomba, I wouldn't say it's dangerous, but it's not perfect. But yeah, it's in the middle of a city. It's a huge crowd. We have two ways to go. Either go into the middle of a city like that, and we have a huge crowd like at Moomba, or go to a perfect ski lake. And if you can't get a river in the middle of a city, we should probably go to a perfect ski lake. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. I certainly agree with you there. Uh, as as I said, we're rounding off. Uh, <coughs> excuse me, in this pod, this podcast. Yeah, just let me grab a little bit yeah, of water. Yeah, you're good. You're good. I'm supposed to be announcing this weekend. That, <laughs> that, that, that bodes well, doesn't it? Anyway, uh, we're going to round off uh, this this podcast. Uh, I always give uh, the uh, the interview uh, the person being interviewed the chance to say thanks and acknowledge those people that have uh, helped him or her along the way. So I'm going to give you that opportunity there. You know, there's a lot of people I would like to thank, but the 
people I want to thank today is everyone listening right now. Because you're the people that are really helping our sport. We need more people like you that are interested in water skiing and that are driving in their car and listening to it. Like People like you, they're the ones that are making the sport go round. So I really want to thank every single one of you guys listening today. All right, then. And with that, uh, this has been the latest edition of the TWBC uh, podcast. My name's Tony Lightfoot. He has been Joel Poland. Until uh, the, uh, the next episode comes along, it is Ciao for now. Thank you for listening to the TWBC podcast. Be sure to check out our website at waterskibroadcasting.com. Links to our presence on major social media platforms can be found there, as well as updates to our webcast and this podcast. Duplication or rebroadcasting of this broadcast without written consent of TWBC is prohibited. Subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform and be sure to join us next time for the next edition of the TWBC Podcasts.